Have you ever worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you let us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show then you're probably a nerd Sunday, you know what that means. It's time for a new episode. And this week, we're going to be talking about video games to shows and movies. We're going to be talking about the future of Star Wars games. We're going to be giving you a brief update of the Capcom breach. We're also going to be talking and doing a bit of a retrospective of 2020 in gaming in particular, as the numbers are starting to come in. And we're going to talk about what game and console sold the most and where and then we're going to be talking about the mcu and i think that's uh how we're going to uh, round out this episode as always we're your hosts i'm Bors, and i'm joined by phil morning brown <laughs> and tyler what was that phil what was that? What is happening? Morning Brown, Morning Brown. I don't know this one. Oh, it was this show that you picked last week. That I went out and binged all six episodes from Auntie Donna's. Oh, jeez. That's not one of the jokes I remember. Yeah, this is great. I had the whole song, Morning Brown, Morning Brown, all about coffee. Yeah, I forgot about <laughs> that one. Versus the, um... Uh, everything's a drum. Yeah. And... The six episodes they've been there and they haven't laughed once. <laughs> yes. It was, it was a good a good time, man. And even their little YouTube channel, I'm like watching the extras. Oh yeah, they're still releasing stuff and it's like, yeah. wow, you guys are going. Yeah. So I know what Phil's been up to this week. <laughs> what else is going on, Phil? I'm annoying the crap out of everybody in my sphere with bloody Auntie Donna jokes. <laughs> but it's worse than Borat for me. <laughs> so, uh, other than that, it's uh, being a lot of geek news and video games. And yeah, I finished Jedi Fallen Order on Stadia last night. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so we're gonna... that, was, that was a good time. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about Stadia in a little bit, but uh, I know you've uh, kind of done a good comparison there. Um, you've kind of been able to set the bar there. What else is going on? Watch anything interesting this week? Um, obviously, WandaVision. I definitely had thoughts on that. I was definitely a little bit surprised about it. Yep. And, you know, the regular stuff, Animal Crossing and... and... All the fun, all the little fun things. I'm, I'm closing in on that one year anniversary, so yep. looking forward to that. 
And yeah, it's it's actually been a little bit of a light week, but uh, that's not bad. You know, we all need to take our little our little respites. I haven't I haven't been digging into Jedi uh, New Republic or High Republic too much yet, but I did buy the comic, and I picked up the book, the audio book, the new one, and looking forward to Claudia Gray. That one's coming out in February, so I'm probably just gonna try and do a binge on that. Yeah, and. Uh, and get behind what's happening in the Star Wars universe, which is pretty much my entire horizon as far as geekdom. Your Kyler? Animal Crossing New Horizon. Well, yeah, I I put the empi- the Empire flag up in it in Animal Crossing. All right, All right. Tyler, <laughs> what's going on? What's up? What's I've new? been I've been catching up on a lot of weird movies again. Um, a lot of them are 2020 ones that came out in that, like, ongoing weirdness, um, on different platforms. So Pixie, which is about heists in Ireland, uh, Shadow in the Cloud, which is not a good movie. It's Chloe Morantz in the Pacific Theater of World War II. It's not a great movie, but it does some very interesting things with what limited budget it has. Um, yeah, I gotta give it to them. Like they, they basically have only three sets for the entire movie, and the first, I think it's almost the first fifty minutes. You are just in one set, and you don't leave this one set. And there's only one per. It's only Chloe Moretz on screen. Yeah, and it's done surprisingly well with that. Like it's, again, it's not a good movie, but they're doing some good things. Yeah, sometimes and then it's I, more interesting to watch a like one of those indie movies just to see mm-hmm. what they did with a limited budget. Sometimes that's mm-hmm. more interesting than the movie itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, you know, it has a nice, there's also a nice, like it's like a mini twist. It's not a full twist. Like, you know, there's like a big twist, like and my Shyamalan level. There's a little mini twist at the end that also got a good chuckle out of me. So. Yeah. Yep. You know, yep. Yep. Your mileage may vary on that particular one. <laughs> and then I have been explaining to people that Ontario is in a lockdown, despite their beliefs to the contrary. Yeah, yeah, it's been a week. Um, for those of you listening, if Tyler sounds like he's far, far away, or off, or different, or as if we're recording on 2005 Skype, it's because he changed no. his layout. <laughs> Yeah, I got a new desk this week, and I did my entire office. And like my, from my end, this desk setup's amazing, but yeah. I have to tweak the mic and stuff a little bit. But I thought it was better. Yep. But apparently, it's not Boris's standards. <laughs> I failed he's him got, yet again. He's got high standards. I'm telling you, it's true. I, I had to re-rig my mic this week just so I'm on it a little more. Yeah. Wow. All right. So, yeah, so this week, what have I been doing this week, this week? Yeah. Um, I watched one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's called Miss Baja. Um, it stars the main actress who starred in Jane the Virgin, and it's essentially she goes to Baja, California, so the Tijuana area, to uh, help out her friend who's in a beauty pageant. They go out the night before, to and um, insanity ensues. 
Um, I just love mm. the portrayal of Latino Latinx people in Latinx. Hollywood. Like, you know, we'll do anything for love. But at the core of it, we're all criminals. There's some weird takes. <laughs> yeah. That's a bit harsh. But I, bit I harsh. didn't say that's my. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, for the movie. Uh, yeah. It's no, no reflection on you. You're the audience. Oh, it's just like, you're just calling it as you see it. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like the 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 gangsters, the cartel people, um, you know, they and the police. Literally, if this was a wrestling show, they would be swipping between heels and faces like five times in the in the span of one movie. <laughs> it was insane. But yeah, I don't recommend this movie. The other thing I've been watching is actually maybe we, I have to remember this by the end of the year because I have a feeling that this is going to be my favorite show of 2021. I know Tyler's giving me a face already. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's a show that didn't even debut here in 2021. It debuted in Europe in 2020, and that's called Thirty Coins. Mm-hmm. It's from uh, HBO Europe, Spain to be particular. Spain is just kicking ass when it comes to uh, movies and TV shows. You have Money Heist, you have this show, um, you have uh, The Barrier. They're just kicking ass right now. Oh. 30 Coins is so good. Um, it's like, you know, it, at the core of it, it's The Exorcist meets The Poltergeist meets <laughs> sci-fi stuff. It's really fucking good. Um, yeah. I don't want to say anything else because I will yeah. spoil it. But it's Platform good. was out of Spain too, wasn't it? Yes. That was a phenomenal movie. Yep. Like genuinely should have gotten more awards than it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. On that, that reminded me, I started watching uh, Lupin this week, which oh, is on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. It's, I was wanting to amazing. watch that. Yeah, I've heard. It's, if you're like me, and anyone else who went through the, most of the Canadian education system and has a smattering of French, it is worth suffering through... Not suffering. It's worth suffering through um, subtitles because the... the Although the dubbing is very good, the f- proper French voice actors are a delight. Mm. Um, yeah. Lupin being L- rabbit? Lu- Lupin, Lupin, as in... Um, oh, like, like wolf. Yeah, which is in turn, it's based on an anime, which is based on a comic, which is based on a book, I believe. Yeah, yep. cool. That's exactly the lineage there. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, it's originally based on the Arsene Lupin books, um, and like, yeah, it is. It is. What if Sherlock Holmes was French and a criminal hmm. and weird? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've heard really good things Man. about it. I want to watch it. I, I watch such boring stuff. Like, talking to you guys, I remember now I watched the newest episode of The Expanse. <laughs> oh, I watched but, yeah. Netflix Transformers, the continuation of that series. Oh, I still no. haven't been able to oh, watch Oh, no. I still can't, I, get, I can't get into it. I'm having a tough time. The first one, I know Boris and I <laughs> were really hopeful the first season, and uh, we struggled. Oh, yeah. The second season is definitely struggling for me. Maybe it picks up. I don't know. But I'm in the first episode and I'm like, eh, I'd rather go do something else. I swear you've been on the first episode for like a week. 
I might have been, yeah. I, I don't know that I really put into it. Like when I went back into Netflix, it was Auntie Donna's House of Fun or whatever. Yeah. It was. God, yeah. that's such a wonderfully weird show. So yeah. Everything's a drum. Everything's Speaking a drum. Netflix. Um, I was scrolling randomly on my uh, Instagram feed and I follow an actress who was in uh, Kevin Smith's Tusk, um, Jeannie Rodriguez. And I randomly saw that she's in Toronto quarantining. I'm like, oh, I bet you she's either she's in either The Boys or Umbrella Academy. Well, turns out that she is in Umbrella Academy. She's going to be a part mm. of the uh, the Sparrow crew. Um, so we'll see. Um, so that's kind of cool. It just means Wait, that, you G know. Gina Rodriguez, like the same person from, from freaking uh, um, Jane the Virgin that you didn't remember her name before? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Oh, Someone else. No. Someone else. Okay. There's another Gina Rodriguez? Jeannie Rodriguez, not Jane. Jeannie, Whoa. I misheard you. That was the issue. Yeah, Jeannie. Yeah. She was in uh, a lot of um, soap operas. Uh, she had this huge controversy when she was younger. Um, not on her uh, stuff happened. Anyways, um, but yeah. Uh, so, looks hey, like... Uh, she was in gear... Tusk. Right. She yeah. was in Tusk. Yeah. There you go. All right. She's famous to me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, so here we are in lockdown, and it looks like they're still going ahead with filming things, which I know is causing a lot of controversy here. Um, you know, we'll see what happens, but uh, it is what it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, just hope that the oh, crew is safe. Okay. She was in Centigrade, which is not a yeah. good movie. Do not watch Centigrade. Yeah. It's horrible. No, it's not. It's, it's not, not like a good centipede, movie. Is it? It's not like centipede. No. No. It's. Jeez. It's a, a husband and wife get trapped in a snowbank. Oh. Okay. And Interesting. She gives birth. And right. Okay. They live by eating the placenta. Oh no! 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 Stop! It is <laughs> like centipede. Enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, please. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'll give. I'll put it this way: the box office <laughs> was thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> oh my 30, goodness. Thirty thousand. Oh, it did come out in August twenty twenty. Yeah, thirty thousand dollars. Yep. Yeah, oh. Sounds about right. Sounds about. I'm, I'm sorry. That's a that's a tough paycheck for any actor that has to take that. You know, because Tyler just did. The maximum amount of damage in like three sentences yeah. that you could do. I need to avoid that. It would be like, no. <laughs> Just no. So, the thing is, and I do not blame her for taking this role at all. I think it's worth talking about. Like, it's not the actor's fault that's a bad movie. Yeah. They're doing the best with what they have. You're doing the best, yeah. That you but can. I get it. so many of the, well, I should rephrase that. She's doing a good job. The okay. husband is, is not as good. Right. And it's a movie. It's a movie. It's a movie. <sighs> wow. All right. So there's a couple things I want to get out of the way before we get into the news. Um, and that is three subjects that I know people are waiting for us to talk about. And we will talk about them in some shape or form soon. Um, but I want to kind of set the expectations. We had a little bit of a... Uh, conference yesterday um not really it was more of a hey guys what do you think of this um and i think we were all on the same page um and that is 
WandaVision. We're going to be talking about WandaVision a little later. It will be spoiler-free as spoiler-free can be. But, you know, we're not going to do a weekly dive the same way we did Mandalorian. Because not that the show isn't good. It's just that it's a slow burn. And I feel that we would be speculating, talking around in circles a little too much. Even mm-hmm. if we go into Easter eggs and all of this and that. So we will be talking about WandaVision a little bit on this show when we get into the MCU. It will be spoiler free. So you, if you haven't seen it, you can listen to it. Um, but we will be doing a, mid, a mid-season check-in and a season finale check-in. Yeah, we'll we'll do the deeper analysis when there's more to analyze instead of guesswork yeah because yeah it was it was an interesting when i came off of it i was just like hmm how are we going to do this yeah now i know there are channels out there that are doing deep dives on it but they're really steeping into the comic book lore and again it's all speculation because we don't know what the actual execution is going to be in the show what they're going to pick on and what they're going to leave behind. So it ends up being like a real shooting fish in a barrel type thing. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyways, we'll get into this a little later. But so that's WandaVision. Tyler, I can hear your keyboarding. Um, yep. <laughs> because the, your volume is all the way up. But uh, that's yep. fine. No, I know. I'm done. It's all good. Uh, what else? So we had WandaVision, um, Cyberpunk. I've had a couple emails asking, when are you guys going to talk about cyberpunk? Well, we will. But, like I mentioned last time, or the three of us were talking about last time, we're not going to turn this into a shit show, you know, talk down to CD Projekt Red and speculate and talk about new uh, rumors and innuendo. We are going to talk about when we have something substantial to talk about. Um, So I'm thinking... That, you know, it is speculated that in a few weeks, we're going to get the first DLC plus a major update. So I think that's a good time to kind of do a news roundup of everything that is CD Projekt Red, Cyberpunk 2077, lawsuits, releases, should they or shouldn't they have um, talk? What do you think, Tyler? Yeah, I mean, we did see a round of air quote revelations um, from a couple of news places. It really seems to be that two places broke very, very similar stories, and then everyone else jumped on is what it looks like. Everyone else was re-reporting that, which it happens in modern reportage. Um, And then the CD Projekt read the company, and then two team leads made statements mm-hmm. and again it was it was very you know we're, we're denying stuff but nothing that can be used against us in court exactly um a yeah. couple of things that that different leads would say i can't i can't pull it up without it being super loud because the current layout but um well, it was along you know, the lines of like that first demo wasn't a lie it was the it was the kind of thing we wanted to do and it was very much like, well, that's you didn't say that was that, yeah, and exactly. I don't know. I, I I see both sides of it, and, and as we've said, there's been a not there's been not really a lot of 
like meaningful development in the story. It's mostly been speculation, people being shitty online. So yep. yeah, like, obviously we we've all collectively decided, as Boris said, to not really participate in the pile on until there's something a little more balanced that we can report on and discuss, and and something a little more concrete. And but the way that demos go, like I hate to say it. But demos are a sales job. At any of point course. in time, you're never going to have an accurate, because that would indicate that the game is done, and it's not. <laughs> so, yeah. Like yeah. CD Projekt Red didn't really do it. It's the same thing as Xbox when they got caught with Halo Infinite. Mm. It was like it was running off a PC and it wasn't final graphics, and because it's not done. <laughs> There's so, a lot of like life. things that. Everyone does, but no, CD Projekt Red's in the wrong because they did it. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, God. Yeah, Anyways, there's been a lot of that. Anyways, yeah. we'll talk about this, and there's more to when talk about when, when we get yeah. around to the DLC and the update. So, that's that. The last thing that Phil and I were talking about just before we started recording, and it's something in the back of my mind, and I think we were both kind of like on the fence, and that is... WB is obviously in talks with their studios um, regarding release dates and where things are going to be released because it was announced this week that uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong is going to be coming out two months earlier. So now it's coming out March, March 26th rather than in yep. May. So, you know, I think we're going to see a lot more development in the next couple weeks. So we're going to kind of wait for more news to come out um, before we talk about what this means in the world that is geek. Um, yeah, because let's face it, a lot of these movies are done. And now that the Warner Brothers have notified their partners and production companies about their decision on how to release it, they can start manipulating the schedule to place movies in better spots. Yeah. Because there's not really not much that they have to do. So we're going to wait and see in the next week or two whether or not we get more announcements so that we can have a bigger discussion about how the whole year is framing together for yeah, release. Exactly. All right, talking about movies, talking about video games, let's merge the two. And while this doesn't necessarily have a good track record, um, Mario Brothers, uh, you know, video mm. games to shows and TV um, TV shows and movies, um, we're going to be getting a lot more. So, what happened this week? Mortal Kombat set pictures has come out. Um, I don't know if you guys saw these, but Entertainment no. Weekly has uh, sent out some uh, some set shots from Mortal Kombat, including How some How cheesy more. are we talking? Oh, like, they're, pi they're only pictures. So, they're like, at an 8 like on the cheese level. I was going to say, they're like a Swiss, not a full-on Gruyere. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. But, look. The original I, I remember that, that first movie, man. Like, come on. It wasn't that bad. The first movie was actually It wasn't that good. bad, but it was... It look, was no, no, hold on. The first movie would have gotten two thumbs up if it wasn't for Roger Ebert. And he said the only reason he didn't give it a thumb up is because he thought the movie was too dark. And then he conceded to say that... The theater he watched it in was dark. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, yeah. it would have gotten two thumbs up. I love that movie. Like, in terms of video game movies. Yeah, what it, it wasn't is. Double Dragon. It, it, it wasn't, wasn't horrible. Yeah, it wasn't horrible. Legend of Chun-Li is probably the worst one. Dra yeah. 
yeah, video games, yeah. Like, yeah. no, there's some bad ones. I mean, for the Mortal Kombat's alone. Oh, yeah. so that's a bad one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I've never been a fan of Mortal Kombat or fighting games in general becoming full-blown movies because I find that the genre for gaming, as much fun as it, as it is, because I really do have a lot of fun on the fighting games, especially with a couple beers and friends, um, we always have a good time, but it's it's basically a sports competition for us. Mm-hmm. And then to lend that into a movie is always a little bit of a stretch for me personally. That's all. It can be done. And Mortal Kombat mm. attempted it, and they did better than most. But it still wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so I'm not sure. too stoked about this for new sure. one. Um, it, and the funniest part is for the fighting game ones, they almost invariably they don't just do the easy thing, which is just make it a fighting tournament. Make it be yeah. what it is. They always try know, to add right? like layers into it and expand on the character characterization, but the issue is that they get the characterizations wrong from the game itself. Like these characters yeah. have a background, you know, they have yeah. a character already. Why are you changing it? Yeah, right. or they right. make Just it into one. like uh, a crime spy drama. Yes, kick, kick, punch, block. Kick, kick, yeah. blunt, punch, block. Yeah. Backflip, backflip. <laughs> All right. BA, but, up, down, down, BA, finishing BA. move. <laughs> All right. But Sony was talking this week at CES, which was held earlier this week, and they were talking about the hope to reach wider audiences with its PlayStation adaptations. Um, So we have Naughty Dog with Last of Us and uh, Uncharted. Last of Us turned and turning into an HBO series who just recently got a new showrunner. And the Last of Uncharted movie coming out in July starring Spider-Man himself, Tom Holland. Um, And they say that this is just the beginning of properties going to uh, other media. So... We were just shitting on this, but do you think that if done properly with the right people, with like, you know, if you look at uh, Last of Us, um, you know, they're obviously working very closely with the creators, with the directors of the games. Do you think that it could be executed well and that this could be a success as opposed to, you know, 90s, the 90s when we had Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat? And Mario Brothers and Double Dragon, etc. <laughs> Tomb Raider. I I think that there's a strong chance that something like Last of Us will work because it's being adapted into a, a, a supposedly long form HBO series, which means that we can actually get into the character backstory, and probably because it will be unrated or into that mature audience you're going to be able to properly explore number one, the horror elements, but number two, the character progression and evolvement, evolving, evolving. I don't know, like the way they evolve. I just think yeah. that you're able to expose more in a, in a series. I'm more worried about when they do things like uncharted the movie, because that means stuff gets cut. And that means well, what I got a big kick out of may not make it into the movie or they may change a major character theme in order to fit a, a two-hour storyline 
Mm-hmm. Well, here's the I thing. Think so, yeah, the at things. the core of it, I agree with you. If this was a standalone movie, one and done, but clearly, I think there is a plan to make more. There's a reason why they got uh, Tom Holland to play a younger Nathan Drake because I think there is a plan to keep him on board and kind of do go through the motions. And this yeah. isn't going to be a one and done. So, yes, I agree with you. If this was a one-off movie, yeah, for sure, you're going to lose some of that. Uh, as a French say, I don't know what. You know, that it factor well, that the made je ne sais quoi. Yeah, what made it popular, you know? Um, so, yeah, but if this is just, you know, the first movie of even three or four, then I'm a little more receptive and accepting of it. I, I'm sorry, but if you're going to put a couple hundred million dollars into a movie and you premiere it and it doesn't do well, and let's say you, you've slated four or five, the next one doesn't get made, and then it's a one and done. <laughs> Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Uh, WB has something to say about that. That's fair. I, I think another thing to remember is the difference between The Last of Us television show is using like a more established universe, and I don't believe we're getting the same characters, are we? I think it's just somewhere else in the universe. Uh, we don't know. There's a lot of speculation there. Um, we don't know what we're getting, if we're getting Ellie or we're getting new characters or whatever. The other, and the other side of it being, you know, when it's Nathan Drake, you're, you're doing a preset character who we all, who the people who already have some attachments to it. I think it's definitely viable. We're seeing a lot of comics and other stuff making that jump and this tendency towards adaptation. Um, and I just think, you know, like anything else, certain stories and properties are going to lend themselves much better to the adaptation. Like, we know zombie-type horror is relatively easy to adapt, which is what Last of Us is. Mm. Um, right? Versus, you know, you could do Nathan Drake, and it could just be the modern Indiana Jones. Yeah, It's possible. I think it's a lot easier to do that than the next Mortal Kombat movie, which, again, it's like, we're going to introduce... 37 characters. <laughs> yeah. The plot is insane because it's just, it's, the plot only existed to justify why everyone fights everyone. And that's it. Yeah. So, so uh, according to our friend of the show, Chris Hayner, um, the series looks to be set surrounding the events of the first game in the video game franchise. And we're talking about Last of Us right now. Um, a description released by Warner Media reads: The story takes place 20 years after modern civilization has been destroyed. Joel, a hardened survivor, is hired to smuggle Ellie, a 14-year-old girl, out of oppressive quarantine zone. Um, what starts as a small job soon becomes a brutal, heartbreaking journey as they both must traverse across the U.S. and depend on each other for survival. So yeah, so it looks like the yeah. at least the first season or the first couple seasons is going to be the first game. That's that's stupid. That's a mistake. I think it's great. I think it's a terrible mistake because the people already know that story. And well, the, the gamers already know that story, but this isn't aimed at the gamers per se. This is aimed at getting regular viewers into gaming. So, I mean, there's two sides to that. And the first of it is there, there, there are no regular viewers who are not into gaming anymore. That doesn't exist. That's like saying getting people into comics because like everyone knows who Iron Man is now. Like, Iron Man is probably one of the most recognizable characters on the planet at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Ellie and Joel aren't. Uh, sure, but the counter being that a lot of people know them, especially after the fiasco with Last of Us 2, and we have to remember that 
Last of Us and Last of Us 2, in terms of cultural impact, it no longer is just people who played the game. Because you go on YouTube, you can just get someone who's already stitched together the film mm-hmm. through a series of scenes of it, and I know a lot of people who watch that. And if you look at Last of Us 2, you're getting 20 million views on some of those videos, so a bunch of people are already have that, versus yeah, Last but- of Us as a universe. Like, why not tell a different story in-universe? But here we have a, a segment, though, that crosses over on YouTube. I could have Last of Us 2 video game. Yeah. Maybe I don't finish it because it scares the living crap out of me and I watch that thing. Right? So now I'm in both demographics, right? Like now I'm a viewer and I'm a player. Sure. Right? And you're taking 20 million people. And then what is it in the States? 350 million people? And then Canada? And then Europe? I'm just saying we exist. We participate in a video game world. But I, by and large, I could see someone, someone's parents or a cup or people who maybe don't have time to game would go, this is a great story. And maybe they go and they, oh, I want to know more about that video game. I don't know that they're going to play it. That's optimistic. It's like the amount but of I people think that it's exposure. wanted and bought um, the Game of Thrones books because they wanted to read it, but it ended up just collecting <laughs> dust on their bookshelf. Well, yeah. my, my, my counter to that is it's HBO. The total viewership of HBO is 50, 54 million people. And at its height, Game of Thrones had 17.4 million. So you're already looking at a downgrade from a lot of video games. Like, remember that Cyberpunk, which, just using it as an example, because I have the numbers on hand, has, still has 13 million sales, which is better than most of HBO's programming. So... I don't know what the value is here of doing the exact same story versus why not do a story that intersects? I agree with you. Why not you. do one of the Firefly cells? I well, wouldn't Here's the it, thing. Here's but... the thing. That's, we don't know how long this is going to be. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that could be season one and then they could expand the universe a little more. But I think, the, you know, there, there's obvious hooks and there's obvious reasons why at the core of it, I think this is the direction that they want to go in. While I do understand... Um, why you want to uh, kind of expand and, and take a look at different parts of the world. Here's the thing. Let's be honest. We know gamers. If they were to put mm-hmm. a Last of Us TV show and it not have Joel and Ellie, you damn know well that the gamers are going to be pissed off. And then you're going to lose a good chunk of your or, or, of your actual core audience right off the bat. They're going to be pissed off no matter what. Gamers are probably one of the worst audiences ever. Yeah. So, there you go. It's gamers and comic. They're going to be pissed off regardless. So they're I know, right? (laughs) But we're gamers. But this is the thing. You said it right there then, Tyler. Gamers are going to be pissed off no matter what. So how about we just do this show that introduces two core characters in this world, um, two super important characters, obviously, in this world, and... um, and, and see where the show takes us. Because Ellie, okay. by nature of who her character is in that universe, becomes the center of any plot she's involved in. She, she has to. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm curious to watch it because I want to know how it compares to my emotional attachment to the first game. I'm, I'm wondering if they can actually compel me to feel the same feelings that I felt playing the first game and alleviate some of the stress that I had playing the first game. 
or introduce new stresses. I don't know. I'm curious to know how well they do it. And like Boris was saying, maybe they intersect after that. Here's maybe season the- two of it becomes a different story about different characters that we crossed in season one. I don't know. Maybe there's some ad libs in there. Maybe there's some creative writing where they, they deliberately plant some offshoots that they can cultivate. Yeah. Cause walking dead deviated fairly quickly from mm-hmm. the comics. Uh, yeah. And that's the other thing, you know, a lot of people, like, there's a lot going against this show now that I think about it more. A lot of people are going to call it a Walking Dead ripoff. Yeah. Because they, you know, they explore the same human nature of a crisis rather than the crisis itself. If you look at it, yeah, for the, for the, playing the, comparing the video game to the TV show, because the TV show examined that versus the comics very quickly went into a, like, a philosophical stoicism place of, yeah. like, it went very not the same no mm-hmm. but i mean that was arguably one of the weaknesses of the comic well yeah because it <laughs> turned into what are these particular characters thinking in this situation rather than how humanity is working and what you know how humanity uh, is going to survive i mean once you get to midpoint walking dead it has like this whole thesis about like like shitty stoicism and like you shouldn't own things it's very primitivist which is just like oh. but tyler tyler <laughs> tyler tyler whoa, whoa. Yeah. comics yeah, are whoa, whoa. not political okay <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> he's Fine. done all he right. quit <laughs> i think i think I tyler want... brings up some really good want... points one comics to be not political like <laughs> X-Men in the 80s. <laughs> God damn it. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. So yeah. No, I think Tyler Tyler brings up some good points. It's probably introduced a little more doubt in my mind, but I was I'm still curious to see because I, I wanna see as well, I wanna see the writers and producers of the video game working on a movie and how that maybe affects their storytelling in a third Last of Us. Sure. Oh, I, I yeah. think there's insights to be gained, especially after watching Dave Filoni go from animated to live action. Right? There's certain things mm-hmm. in the medium that all of a sudden you may pay attention to that benefit your other art. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious. Hey, uh, don't get me wrong. Know. I want it to be successful. I just yeah. think they're making a lot of yeah decisions that are too safe and are yeah. going to result in it's going to get one season like that's that my prediction is it's only going to get one season if it's a good season i'm happy because it's more than i had yeah no i i yeah. fully agree with you to a certain every extent. video game adaptation to live action is a risk halo's okay. doing the same thing are they not fuck I, I, who I knows what halo's the fuck halo's doing they're blaming like some of the slowdown in the video game production that a lot of their brain power is going over to the whatever live production they're doing. Yeah, because I'm a developer and I'm concerned about what. Oh, fuck off, three four three. It's just a lot of smoke, like honestly. But yeah, wow. you know what's funny? Larger. People pile on CD Projekt Red, but then three four three. You know that meme <laughs> where you you know the guy kind of gives that. Uh, 
the character gives her, like that side eye, like oh, oh shit, me too. I thought you were gonna do uh, Gordon Ramsay calling Steve Putnam oh, no. donkey, <laughs> and then three four threes. Oh, Bell. Oh, oh, but what you see? Yeah, fucking three four three can get away with murder right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, even beyond them, Bethsaida. Oh, jeez. Speaking of, this is a perfect segue. And- Yay! I segued us. <laughs> Yep. Um, so it was announced this week that the video game company, a new video game company, is being formed, or kind of like oh, you're gonna see a new umbrella, and that is that Star Wars will now all Star Wars video games are gonna be under the Lucasfilm video games umbrella. And it was also announced around the same time that EA's ex- exclusivity is done. And they are now branching out because <laughs> we are going to be getting many, many new games. Yeah. Um, f- you know, the director and dev team behind Division 2 apparently is working on a open world Star Wars game. Um, we are going to, we're getting a bunch of rumors uh, about other possible video games in the Star Wars world. Phil, I'm going to go to you first. What do you think? Are you excited? Are you looking forward to this? Um, you know, from a fan's point of view, let's start with your uh, with your take. Well, uh, I can say that what they did reveal was that they're going to be using Massive Entertainment, which is a European developer who did a lot of work for Division Division 2. They created a game engine. I forget what it's called, Snowflake or something like that. And that's what they use to drive Division 2, and apparently that's what they're using to drive this new Star Wars open-world game. They're still in the early stages because they're still posting jobs for the game. So that means it's a long ways out. But I really liked the Division in terms of the graphics and the world. I really thought that uh, it was uh, an awe-inspiring game. It was a launch game on the original PS4. The division was it was scheduled to be a launch game, and it took about an extra year of development. And yeah, it went through an arc. It went. It definitely had some gameplay dynamic issues, but I'm excited about this. I'm excited about if you read the statement by EA and by Lucasfilm, it reads like corporate screw you isms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so funny. It's like we are very excited to continue working on with EA and Star yeah. Wars properties. But happy to be sleeping around with other people too. We have successfully opened the relationship. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it was just really clever. Yeah, I have. Play. I have two points on that. The first one is is to follow up on your bit with Division Division Two because your Phil's. I, I was concerned about the Division Division Two team doing a Star Wars, um, but I looked into it's the Snowdrop engine. Snowdrop, yeah. Um, which is specifically designed on procedural destruction and detail and visual effects, like wedding in a specific way. And originally I was 100% concerned. Then I started thinking about it. I started reading up in the Snowdrop engine. And I'm like, oh, could you imagine a game? I I hope it's not an MMO, because any sort of MMO I'm gone, even like whatever. Could you imagine like a bounty hunter game? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. I'm telling you. Running around. I spent hundreds of hours in the division and the division two with my groups. And mm-hmm. it is an incredibly detailed, fast action 
western world depending on how this game is done yeah this is and i know it's a looter shooter i know it, it's all that but you don't necessarily have to go there for this yeah it's, it's exactly the same, like yeah. the same thing it, you it, still it, have a high action yeah. highly engaged high fidelity graphics and then you start factoring in all the new stuff that's out there and, and capable in the new consoles with all the different lighting engines and all that stuff this gets really exciting really fast yeah, it's a much more open engine than some of them. The other point I wanted to address on was to draw the comparison to GW, um, which is Games Workshop, which owns Warhammer, Warhammer 40k, and a bunch of other IPs. Mm-hmm. And their reworking how they worked with licenses and licensees was honestly one of the most brilliant business decisions for managing an IP that probably ever have been. And I really think that especially after the general concern about Star Wars over the last trilogy this seems to be the direction Disney's going and it's probably the right one because it allows you to flood the zone a little bit and have a bunch of Star Wars games come out and not all of them are going to be great. But if you have enough coming out fast enough, because there, because there's all different licensees, people don't, it, it doesn't, the duds don't hit the company or the brand as much. And this is what GW did. And they have everything from a total war game to like squad action games to like puzzle games and it's all over the place and honestly it like i think it ended up more than tripling gw's profit stream so it seems to be just a really good call and a much more modern take on how to manage an ip like that and this is the way they used to do it right like this is the way lucas hurts they used to flood the market with weird stuff they used to have a lot of of games around the movies at launch whatnot pod racer bounty hunter there's a a litany of of just like tons of games out there and we all go back in nostalgia chomp them up right now because we go oh man the last 10 years has been like battlefront one battlefront two uh, yeah. video uh pinball game <laughs> skin you so- know what i mean like it's slim pickings and it's frustrating yeah, for sure. Even if it's bad, you still get attached to it and you play it, right? Yeah. And you go, oh, that was really cool, man. I liked using Django Fett this way. Yep. So to reinforce... Now imagine what... taking the Mandalorian and putting it into Division 2. Yeah. So to reinforce what Tyler was just saying, um, it looks like Lucasfilm Games might be looking to partner with even more studios outside of EA and Ubisoft. Um, And there's a direct quote, we get no shortage of folks knocking on our door wanting to play with our toys. Um, So this is obviously going to expand in more than just two studios. Um, Well, uh, I have a question for you guys. Do we open this up and allow indie studios to take a crack at a Star Wars games. Depends depends what you define as indie studio. My imagination is it'll be the way a lot of a lot like again, I th- I imagine they're looking what GW did and yep. they're taking notes. Um and the, GW said if you basically if you were an indie studio that could afford the licensing fee and had a good enough idea, you can run with it. I think that's what it's gonna be. Is it's gonna be done on a case by case basis. Um and just to hammer home this example, because I'm really happy with it, uh, since their IP, like since they changed how they handle their IP in about 2014, how many Games Workshop IP video games do you think there have been? I'm going to say oh, 25. Between 2014 and 2020. Oh, 2014 
Jeez. I know it's a lot because I see it on Xbox a lot. But like, but can you imagine that? And that just that changes the math. Because, yeah. you know, they have like mobile games on there that just oh, like they yeah. show up and they just, you know, they obliterate. But do, do you think that there's a line where it's too many? Yeah. So I think that that was the theory for a long time was that there could be a line where there is too many. And I think as long as you ensure that there aren't too many directly competing, there is no such thing as too many. Yeah. Yeah, there's an appetite. And they're well, and they're priced well, too, because they're on, on, on aggressive sales all the time. Yeah. And there's a new one that comes out, then the old one goes on sale, and then you play the old one, and then you go, oh, I want to buy the new one now. <clears throat> right. And, well, at the I... same time all this got announced... Uh-huh. Bethsaida is doing a new Indiana Jones game for You literally film. just stole my next sentence. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm getting I'm, at, right? I'm looking at that, but I'm looking at it and I'm going, well, Ubisoft is one, Bethsaida is the other. Like, is it going to be an Xbox exclusive? Who knows? Yeah. When I look at that, those are two pretty big video game houses. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking they're stoking the, the flames of all this. With some established names, like with oh yeah, no, I, you know. I think indie stuff isn't till down the road. Like I think yeah. indie stuff is is, and again, it has to be an indie company that has some money behind it because you probably have. Honestly, there's probably like a couple million buy-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for right? Sure. And yeah, there's probably a sales guarantee you have to make. Yeah, like that's part of those contract agreements. You know, if, if they have a decent enough name behind it. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, yeah, it's fun time. The exact studio from Bethesda working on the Indiana Jones game is Machine Games. Um, they're behind mm. Wolfenstein and Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Yep. So, there you go. Tons of tons going Solid on there. games, especially from that company. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah, like so it's super... 10,000 uh, bugs. Yeah, so it's uh, super exciting times there. Um, which I think everyone was super surprised because... EA and Disney signed a 10-year agreement in 2013. Clearly, something has changed in the agreement. Um, we don't know the details. Well, apparently, there was some microtransactions in that contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some would say... <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't is, resist. Some would say this is giving us a new hope. Oh, jeez. Boo. Boo, Wendy Testberg. But you know what? They're still going to make... Like, it. it's... In their little corporate, we've opened our relationship disclosure. Um, there was the point that well, we still can return to bed with you because you're making Jedi Fallen Order too, and you did a pretty reasonable job with Squadrons. So there are there are some some bright spots that EA are trying to compete in that market and go. Okay, we're not just going to lock into a contract exclusivity and create you know, microtransaction tripe for people. Yep. Which, unfortunately, Battlefront 2, you know, at least there was a story element in the game. It's just the controversy with the microtransactions ended up being the headline that, you know, took away, like, they they shouldn't have gone so aggressively after it. That's all. Yeah, I mean, it's worth noting that EA has already announced they're in pre-prod for Fallen Order 2. Yep. And that was in a shareholder's call. Yeah. yeah. So so they're they're still allowed to make the stuff. They're still playing in the pool. 
Well, and, and Fallen Order had banana. Like, oh, it beat expectations <clears throat> for sales. I, I can't remember what sales ended up being. I've bought it two times already. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I've got it on PS4. I've got it on Xbox One through Game Pass, and I've got it on Stadia. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this is a perfect time, Phil. Oh. You've been, you've been dicking around the kiddie pool with Stadia. Let's talk about your experiences. <laughs> um, you know, and we make, you know, we make jokes about Stadia, but you know, for anyone who wants to listen, episode number two from 2019, which is still on this feed. Tyler and I talk about Stadia and its repercussions in the gaming world. And I said, it's going to take a few years while internet, mm-hmm. you know, gets better, but it's going to be a sleeper hit because we all laughed when Sony announced a stage, um, PlayStation and a video game console. We all for sure laughed when Microsoft announced a video game console. So now we're all laughing and we're laughing at Google, but the fact that you couldn't even find the Stadia founders pack, you couldn't find Stadia controllers, for Christmas goes to show you that something right was happening in the world. Yes, they were giving away a lot of free hardware, but for them, they're the ones who fully understand that it's not about the hardware. They're not getting money out of hardware. It's all about subscriptions. So, Phil, you've been dicking around a little with Stadia a little more this week, and overall, let's let's uh, get your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I played Jedi Fallen Order because, number one, I just I haven't finished the game since probably we started this podcast and Boris busted my balls <laughs> about not finishing it. So I wanted to go back and, and revisit it. And I started it out on the PlayStation and I went back over to Xbox and compared some experiences up to Kashyyyk. And there's a lot of stutter. There's a lot of issues in those environments on those consoles and I'm playing on a PS4 Pro and an Xbox One S. So we're talking the more advanced hardware than the base consoles. And then Stadia, right? I was just like, okay, this is fresh in my mind. I sat down and I blazed through the game in two weeks. For me, that's that's fast. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I took obviously a few nights off, but Dathomir is still a pain in the ass. Um, there's a underwater animation where the little robot droid thing doesn't leave your arm, but like does go into the box and fetch the lightsaber. But by and large, the Saw Gerrera yeah. pop-in issues were not there on Stadia. The HDR effects were on point. Mm-hmm. Um, the experience was as good, if not better. It was definitely better on Stadia versus PS4 Pro. So I think that that's an accomplishment right there. So I have um, um, a project for you for the next couple weeks, Phil. Oh, yeah, you don't have a new console. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I'm curious to know what the redo of Jedi Fallen Order on the PS5 would, how it would stack. I've seen some videos, actually. I have watched some side-by-side comparisons on YouTube between the PS4 and the PS5 version. and I would say that the Stadia version is very comparable to the PS5 updated version. Really Extremely comparable. Oh, Maybe the lighting effects are a little bit better in PS5, but I'm telling you, it's like yeah. 
I was looking at it. Yeah, because of ray Man. tracing. Um, Tyler, do you have Fallen Order on PS PlayStation? No. No, yeah. but it, I was wondering what the general assignment was because I'm not able to do it with a different game. Yeah, so what I wanted now that he's I, played I Fallen, on Phil's recommendation, he's played Fallen Order on yeah. PlayStation Four. He's played it on Xbox. He's played it now on Stadia. I wanted to do the comparison with the next-gen console because uh, the reason why I say that is because earlier this week it was announced that PS4 and Xbox Series X is has released the update for Jedi yeah. Fallen Order. You so can get it on see. PlayStation Store right now for thirty-one ninety-nine, or you can just buy the EA Pass and you get it for free. Oh yeah, well, you get I it for EA thirty dollars a year, and then yeah. do it. Or you get the EA Pass for free and Game Pass. Yeah, I haven't actually used the Stadia yet because I own almost every game that's free on it. So I'm like, oh, well, why would I try this? And it's not like you can Um, search for anything. Well, that too, right? So I'm... I'm, my I I think Tuesday night I'm gonna sit down with the Phoenix demo because people have... I've heard people love it. I've heard people hate it. No one seems lukewarm on it. Let so. me tell you who hates it. Mm. People who have a hard-on, and I have a hard-on, but people who really have a hard-on for Breath of the Wild. I yeah. found a lot of people who were angry but for other reasons. I, I've heard some people get angry at the dad jokes. Yeah, I love I've the heard dad a lot jokes. of people who think the humor know, is real bad and the writing I'm, is very subpar. No, it's I'm, oh, the voice you acting if you can dodgy make a game shit with parts. The, well, it's the accents. So, yeah, the voice acting can be a little weird. But if you can make a compelling game full yeah. of dad jokes, you've won me over. Wasn't that Hades? Wasn't that, like, one of the biggest slotted games of 2020? Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, all right, so that's that. So Phoenix, I've got the full game on Stadia. So, I I think, yeah, it, it it's a solid game, Tyler. You're going to have fun. Yeah, the issue right now is I want to play the Stadia on my TV instead of on my computer. Because I don't like, there's no value add to playing on my computer right now. If that makes okay. sense. Okay. No, totally. Do you have a Chromecast? I don't. Don't. All right. No, this is the issue. This is the issue. And I'm now looking up the Stadia Premier Edition has been marked down by 30 bucks. And I'm like, yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> they got you by the balls. It's got 100 bucks. Not as much as Phil. But they got you by the balls. Well, well, I'll consider it. We'll see if my EI comes through. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I'm on lowered hours, so. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Fuck. What a. But yeah, so, yeah, we're going to be keeping on this story, this developing story of Stadia. I'm telling you, Phil's going to start the official Stadia podcast. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I also, think... Google. They already exist. Listening, and you just send me a free one. I'll play the hell out of it. Yep. I, I'm telling you, the, the community, honestly, that's one of the things that is a benefit, especially on a product like this, that I've made jokes at Stadia's expense in the past. We all have. Um, but its have launch fun. was its launch was extremely terrible. Like, you know, all those, the, the, the latency and all that stuff. But it's so dependent upon your own internet connection, your own routers, your own setup, yeah. right? So what might be an amazing experience for me 
might be a terrible experience for somebody else. So, and they be, might be on a better service, but there's just something in the chain that doesn't like Stadia, right? Yeah. That, that's a possibility. So you can't guarantee it. And that's a frustrating spot for Google to be in for the service and for customers. But the community that's out there is very supportive. They're very friendly. They're very welcoming. And they have amazing um, attraction right now. Stadia has really started to take off. The subreddit has gotten over 100,000 subscribers. Um, They just hit that this week. And there's a lot of podcasts. There's a lot of YouTube channels and streaming channels for Stadia. And yeah, it, it really is starting to signal a shift. And yeah. I think it's an inevitable shift. I totally, I'm still in the boat of, I want to get some hardware, but I'm seriously pushing out my PS5 expectations mm-hmm. right now because I am realizing I'm happy with Stadia and I'm happy not having to maintain something. Yeah. In order to, like, all I have to do is buy the games I'm probably already going to buy. You know, this week, Hitman 3 comes out on the 20th, I believe. And there's a feature that's only available on Stadia where I would be able to play the game. I, I, and I don't know this feature. I, I, I forget what they call it. But I'd be able to play the game, play a clip of it for one of you guys, and then you're able to jump in and play it as a non-Stadia person. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Like, there, there's something going on there. I, I've got to see it to understand it. Now, the problem that I have is Hitman 3 is not my game. <laughs> so yeah, I've never been I'm not a stealth game. Games. Yeah. I mean, to a quick tangent, the, the Hitman reboot, like, the, the new Hitman 1, 2, and then 3 coming out, are yeah, very different beasts than the earlier ones, and they're probably worth taking another try at. I have 1 and 2 on Stadia. Because they give them to me for free. Yeah. Two especially. Like, there's some interesting things going on there. And it, it's worth fiddling with a little bit. Hmm. I've, I've heard a lot of fun expectation for three. Like, people are looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. So maybe if the hype train chugs up, maybe I take a chance on it. I don't know. Nice. It's well, tough. I've got a lot on Stadia right now. So... Yeah, my concern with Stadia remains Google has a tendency to just end projects. Oh, but they, they've announced this week at CES oh, 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 that they are going to be incorporating Stadia into LG TVs. So right. this is going forward as of this year, later on this year specifically, Stadia will be baked into the OS for LG TVs. Interesting. So... I think this signifies that Google are committed to probably this project until at least 2025. And that means that um, it it gives me a lot of peace for my investment right now. I also am fairly convinced that Google aren't going anywhere and they will have to listen to me complain if they do deep six it. Oh, yeah. My my thing is just it's going to take me a while to convince me to start buying my games there first. Once you get over the hump, once you get past one... Sure. It's easy. Sure. So it's like lazy. Because you don't actually chips. own your games. You don't actually own your games anyway. Well, I do if there's a literal disc. 
You do, but how many people are doing that now? It's all preloads and digital buys. And, like, it's the same thing, except there's less hassle. <laughs> like, I don't have to preload it. It's just ready. Again, I, I just... Google, yeah. I, look, if Google is supporting it, I'm the first to be like, all right, I was wrong. But... Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So this... Anything else to add before we move on? All right. So... You know, this episode is focused a lot on video games. That uh, seems to be the theme because video games are taking over. If you listen to people like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he will tell you that video games are the future of storytelling. And we've been talking about it for years, Tyler. And Phil and I have been talking about it for the past six, seven months. Um, video games and the video game industry is just growing and growing and growing and growing. And we got the numbers to back that shit I up. I actually have a request moving forward. Yeah. Can we only refer to him as known scam artist Joseph Gordon Lovett? Because <laughs> <laughs> he runs a company called Hit Record that asks creatives to do work for free and maybe he'll pay you. Oh my God. My it's actually like the scammiest thing ever. Wow. Yeah. And they sold music to, C to CD Projekt Red and he got bought got paid but can you imagine like it's just it's just everyone do the work and we're gonna pick the best ones and it's such a scam for creatives wow 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 <laughs> oh that segue bit me in the ass anyways um <laughs> scam artist joseph gordon love it continue <laughs> anyways he has nothing to do with this story but we have the numbers <laughs> of video game and video game sales in 2020 so obviously as to no one's surprise, Activision's Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War was a top-selling game of 2020. Um, total spending on video game I know. Total spending on video games in the U.S. includes games, consoles, accessories. It reached $56.9 billion. Whoa, that's a big number. Um, it's up 27% compared to 2019 and representing a new all-time high for spending in a year. December 2020 alone posted $7.7 in sales, which is up 25% compared to December 2019. We also have to consider that mm. with the five PS5s that were sold, that accounted for about yeah. $5 billion. Yeah. Wow. The, um, it, it's worth noting that even without those PS5 sales, this trumps the global box office revenue for 2019. Yeah. Oof. In terms of Which hardware, was 40 billion. Yeah. What console do you think was the top selling console in 2020? Switch. Nintendo Switch. Yep, you're right. Nintendo Switch. Being sold out twice? Yep. Yeah. The scammers got in on that too. Yep. Yeah, because there was the Animal Crossing initial COVID rush and then the November rush. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo Switch was the best-selling console in terms of units and dollar sales for December 2020 and the full year. The Switch's annual dollar sales in 2020 were the second highest for any platform in U.S. history, only trailing 2008 yeah. when sales of Wii were higher. Guess Good for them. The, yeah, great for them. Guess what the second highest selling console was in terms of dollar sales north america or worldwide uh north america hmm. it's gonna be something weird 
going to be like the PS4 or some shit. Dollar sales. So you're half right. So in terms of dollar sales, PS5. In terms of units <clears throat> sold, PS4. Yeah, right. there it is. There it is. I'm like, there's something off about this. Yep. Yeah. Um, That's not shocking. Xbox doesn't make the list. Um, <laughs> when we take a look at total dollar sales on hardware, it, it reached... <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't make the list. Makes it sound like Super Nintendos were selling more. Like... <laughs> <laughs> How the um, hell do you launch a console and not make the list? <laughs> God. Total... And, and you still can't get them. Like, what is their production chain? I don't know. Ugh. Total dollar You know, it's sales. funny because Boris told me one night, he goes, Staples has the, the Xbox One X in stock. You could go buy it. And then I found out that they're apparently embroiled in some kind of scandal where they were pre-selling a whole bunch of products that they don't even have in their warehouse. Yep. And now they're just bilking people going, well, it should be in in 2021. <laughs> and they're not oh, refunding I... people the money. Like, it's... I've heard. I, I That's scam. Sketchy, man. So it's, it's gone off their, their page now. <laughs> yep. So if we took a total dollar sales on hardware... In December of 2020, it reached 1.35 billion, up 38%, and 5.3 billion for all of 2020, up 35% from the previous year. Uh, December 2020 was the biggest single month for hardware sales since December 2013, which is kind of funny. Because December 2013 is when PS4 and Xbox One came out. Um, the full year of 5.3 billion was the biggest number since 2011. Mm. Right. Yeah. So 2021 is going to do well too, you know, because yeah. eventually all those consoles have to go to like actual people. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. Some people might actually buy an Xbox. Who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd take a chance on a little mini beer fridge. <laughs> In terms of game sales, Black Ops Cold War was the biggest seller for December 2020, and the full year Call of Duty Ew. Modern Warfare, which released in 2019, was 2022nd biggest game in terms of sales. Animal Jeez. Crossing New Horizons came in third. Um, in, fuck that game. Uh, but more importantly, digital sales were... Here's the thing, though, with Animal Crossing... Digital sales were not tracked. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Nintendo Ooh. does not. I believe Nintendo does not announce what digital sales are. Yep, they don't. Whoa. Even to, uh, even to um, shareholders, I think they yeah. don't give line by line. They don't. Man, oh Nintendo man. Nintendo is notoriously fuck you. Yep, they're very I, Netflix I can, about it. I've yeah. got a physical copy of it, but I can tell you almost everybody I know bought a digital copy of it. Well, because for a while there was impossible to get it, and you didn't yeah. want to leave the house. But like, I mean, you gotta wonder what 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 Nintendo's digital sales are for the DLC for Pokemon at this point. Because like, mm -hmm. as we were talking about best-selling games of all time earlier, and like, Pokemon is six of the top fifty. Yeah. yeah. Cyberpunk so, twenty seventy-seven, which released on December tenth, was the second best-selling game for December in the U.S. and the nineteenth biggest game of twenty twenty overall. Um, this is really good considering that digital sales for the game were not fully tracked. Yeah. Yeah, because I think GOG 
Yeah, soft data. Yep. Steam um, regularly has soft data. Hey, Stadia, come on. Yeah, Naughty Dogs, The Last of Us 2, Part 2, was a top-selling PlayStation exclusive in the U.S. and the sixth mm. best-selling game overall during the year. Um, the game is the sure. third biggest-selling Sony game ever in terms of dollar sales behind yeah. Spider-Man and God of War. Um, talking about accessories, this is just fucking accessories. Um, yeah. In December well, 2020, it accessories sold $546 million. That's up 15% and $2.6 billion for the full year. Yeah. People be wearing out controllers, yo. What do you think? Indeed. So this is a funny little stat. Um, what do you think was the top-selling accessory in December 2020 based on units? Sorry? PS5 controller. Yep, you're right. People, yeah. people who have... So I've heard that people with smaller hands, like people with physically smaller hands, don't love it as much. But if you have a decent-sized hand like that it's built for, people love that controller, myself included. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I, I did think... I did read one review where someone was like, I am a small, I have smaller hands and it's a nightmare. And I'm like, oh, I could see that. But it's like, that's like back to Xbox original day. <laughs> at least that first one. And it was like, I was like, this is fine, but I have weirdly big hands. Yeah, that was, that was a heck of a controller. <laughs> oh, Microsoft. Yeah. The bigger right. size is actually better. <laughs> Let's take a look at lists because i love doing lists on this show so we're going to take a look at december 2020 best-selling video games and then we're going to take a look at 2020 overall so i'll go through the top 20 we'll focus on the top five because those are interesting all right so december 2020 best-selling video games in the united states of america slash north america number 20 mortal kombat 11 19 ring fit adventure Number 18, mm. Super Mario Party, digital sales not included. Number 17, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, digital sales not included. Number 16, Super Mario Odyssey, digital sales not included. Number 15, New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe, digital sales not included. Number 14, FIFA 21. Number 13, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, digital sales not included. Uh, 12, Just Dance 2021. 11, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, digital sales not included. Um, 10, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, digital sales not included. Number 9, Immortals, Phoenix Rising. Number 8, NBA 2K21, digital sales not included. 7, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, digital sales not included. Number 6, Animal Crossing New Horizons, digital sales not included. And then we're going to top, here's the top 5. Here's the thing. Fucking Nintendo killed it. Nintendo are killing it. Here. They're having a very good couple of years. Yeah. Jeez. Like, Sign me up for stock in that. Yeah. Holy oh. cow. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, Nintendo's always been a weird company, though. Yep. Yeah, cardboard accessories. Come on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Top five. December 2020. Best-selling video games in North America. Number five. Madden NFL 21. Number four, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Number three, yeah. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Number two, Cyberpunk 2077. Digital sales not included. Um, and number one, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. 
I'm so disappointed that people these perennial keep games buying. keep happening. Like they come keep on. buying Call of Duty games, thinking that it's going to recreate the magic of Modern Warfare 2. It's not. <laughs> you right. know what? Like even even for me, I dabble in those games just because of the hype engine. I haven't dabbled this year. But last year, and that thing was a hog on my hard drive for my PS4. Oh, those things are gross. I don't fully understand why they eat so much data. Yeah, and I was just playing the single-player game. I'm not going to go and get yeah. into a battleground or anything like that. Yeah. Playing the single-player game, and it won't let me play it. It's downloading this 200-gig patch. Like, what the heck? So here's the beauty on? about um, Black Ops Cold War, at least on PS5. Uh, you can pick and choose what you download, so you can download just co-op, just uh, um, oh, just a good. single game. So you have you you know they finally allow you to pick and choose, and everything is not included right out of the bat. Good, good. That's right, that's nice. improvement. So, twenty twenty's best selling video games in North America. Twenty Tony Hawk's Pro Skater one and two. Nineteen sure. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Um, digital sales not included. 18. MLB The Show. 17. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. 16. Mortal Kombat 11. 15. FIFA 21. 14. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Digital sales not included. Um, 13. NBA 2K1. Not included. Not included our digital sales. 12. Spider Man. Miles Morales. 11. Marvel's Avengers, um, 10, Final Fantasy VII yeah. Remake, uh, 9, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, digital sales not included, uh, 8, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, digital sales nope, 7, Ghost of Tsushima, 6, Last of Us Part 2, and then we're going to talk about the top 5, number 5, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, number 4, Madden NFL 21, Number three, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Again, digital sales not included. Number two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. And number one, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Ugh. Sure. I'm surprised Watch Dogs 3 isn't on that list. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, at I, least on a top 20, you know what I mean? Yeah, it came out at a weird time. <clears throat> and... The marketing behind that fell off so hard. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed with Valhalla. Like it, it that's a good sign because that company needs that those types of numbers because yeah. they do live seemingly quarter to quarter. Yeah, over there with a lot of the controversy that came out, but good for them, I guess. All right, we're sticking to sales in 2020. Because the Nintendo Switch accounted for nearly all consoles sold in Japan. It ate up 87% of the market share in Japan for consoles Oof. sold. Um, so if we take a look at the specific numbers, um, 6.85 million consoles were sold in Japan. Um, that means 5.9 million were either the Nintendo Switch or the Switch Lite, while the PS4 and PS5 combined to sell 
798,000 units. This leaves very little room for other consoles, which, again, they didn't even track Xbox. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It does not do well in that market. No, it does not. <laughs> yeah. So, Switch has sold more than 68 million systems worldwide. And just and think, sh- they're talking about, like, a new one this year that does 4k yeah yeah so nintendo are just sitting on a pile of money, pile of money. they're yep. just yeah. sitting there going yep that's what they do know. so steam that's what people will buy. also had a huge year in 2020 uh steam reached 120 million monthly active players and 62.6 million daily active players yeah. Yeah, bananas numbers. Even I joined Steam this year. Ooh. You um, just joined Steam? Jeez. Yeah, I just joined Steam. I, I don't play in the PC world Fair. very often. So, yeah. Peak concurrent players. 24.8 million. That's insane. Well, like, what type of servers do you have where you can have 24.8 million people connecting all at once? All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to, are they ahead. just like logging in that you're. No, no, these the are service? active players. So a certain amount of time, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of metrics and like this is. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if, if I go in and play Dark Forces. All right. Which is a game I bought on it for my six dollars. Sure. All right. It's taking place in a DOS shell. On my Windows 10 desktop. Yep. But the Steam service has me connected to Steam so I can see my friends or whatever's yep. going on if I had them on there. But I'm just saying, like, is that the connection that they're talking about? Because, Some of them, yeah. That counts. Yeah. yeah. That counts. Yeah. Yeah, which is a lot. It's a, it's a, you're right. It's 20, you know, it's millions and millions of people all plugging in. But, yeah. Uh, it's not like they're in a battleground, like... Yeah, but still, 24.8 million people, regardless of what you're doing. Yeah. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, it is. It is. That's so 21.4% more games were purchased compared to 2019. This is, we're still talking Steam. Um, and if you take a look at playtime, this is how you know that we were in the middle of a pandemic. It, number of playtime hours compared to 2019 rose 50.7%. Woof. The gaming. Yep. Some people some people with some worn out keyboards. Alright. Yeah. So based on the last seven years of data. <laughs> they even have how many uh bytes of data was delivered over their network. <laughs> God, yeah. Well, because they they move so much through their network. Yep. So last year, twenty nineteen. We were looking at just over 15 exabytes. Yeah. That's a lot of bytes. <laughs> God damn it, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> um, 20. I can't 20. even conceive of what an exabyte is. I'm like, I was thinking a trillobyte. I don't know. Like, what? What's the nomenclature in here? Uh, exabyte. Uh, 2020. 25.2 exabytes delivered over their network. Whoa. 
I'm going to have an exabyte sandwich. Oh, yeah. An exabyte uh, is a million terabytes. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, that just <laughs> that hit me real. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's so an it's... expensive internet bill. Man, the sniffer on that board. <laughs> the release of no, cyber Yeah. <laughs> The release of Cyberpunk 2077, which was one of the biggest Steam releases of 2020, helped push Steam to reach a record for download traffic of 52 terabytes um, per second, which is more than yep. double its previous peak. Yep. Wow, oh. that's like a good Xbox update. Valve added three new server sites in 2020, Frankfurt, Dallas, and Buenos Aires, and it plans to add two to four in the first half of 2021. Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. It's a digital world. What can we say? Yeah. You're playing the games. We're watching the movies. Everything's streamed, man. Yeah. All right. It's fucking crazy. Let's talk MCU. So earlier oh in the week, there was a lot of rumors that one Mr. Chris Evans is coming back. Mm -hmm. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, not confirmed. Ethan Hawke apparently is the big bad in Moon Knight. They have mm. plans right through the full-on end of this phase. They're also very confident that even though there are restrictions and whatnot, they'll be able to continue filming. Um, WandaVision was filmed in front of a live studio audience, apparently, which that makes a lot of sense. Tyler's giving me a face. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot going on right now in the MCU. Um, and, you know, with a lot of more properties coming in, there's rumors that Deadpool's going to be in. Uh, there's a lot of talk that uh, certain um, uh, villains are going to be making the MCU appearance. Uh, so, you know, we're going to talk and we're going to mainly focus on the tangible, something that we've been able to watch and do and whatever, take in. And that is WandaVision episodes one and two debuted on Disney Plus on Friday. Um Overall, Phil, what'd you think? Uh, it was, I liked it, but it was not what I was expecting. What do you so mean? So I, uh, like it was and it wasn't. I, I get that they were going to do these sitcom-esque episodes. Um, and I enjoyed them in the sense that I did watch a lot of that type of content when I was a kid. All right, so Leave It to Beaver was on every day when I was mm -hmm. a child. And Dick Van Dyke show and Bewitched and oh, that wasn't much of a honeymooners guy, but I, I uh, Andy Griffith show, all that stuff was readily playing in my house constantly. My, my mm -hmm. parents trusted it. Yeah. So so I, I did feel like that hit me well in the nostalgia feels, right? I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. This is very on point. It just wasn't what I expected for MCU. That's all. I was just like a little bit jarred about it because I told you guys I, I, I the, the way I typically do a watch and we were planning on doing a deep dive on the show and like we talked about, we decided that that content-wise it wasn't going to be too effective, we figured. 
So, but I, I still did my initial watch through on Friday. Yeah. And then I was just like, uh, interesting. And then I did my deep dive yesterday on two of the episodes that we, because obviously one and two came out. There's a lot more there, but like we discussed, it was going to be a lot of theory and speculation and a lot yeah. of deep comic book references that are abstract yeah. at their best. So I can guess where certain things are happening, and obviously we're doing it spoiler-free, but it was it was worth my time to watch it. I, I definitely am curious. They have me roped in to see where is it going to go? Yep. How is this going to play out? Yeah, and, my main, yeah, yeah. My main two things here is, you know, it's following the Tom King Gabriel Walta series very closely to a certain extent. Well, so, you know, it will deviate from it, but in terms of, you know, the core of it, you know, it was a series a run that was much loved. You know, it got great reviews when it came out in what 2016 <laughs> or something like that. Like it was a. It was 2016. Yeah. I know because my mom just literally just bought it yesterday as a result of WandaVision. There you go. I know two people who went out to start buying it. So it's like, yeah, there you go. You know, yep. this is a direct correlation of, you know, the bigger picture and the bigger plan. So anyways, so yeah, go yeah. ahead. What's up? Marvel made sure that was back in print. Yep. And also mm. released a, um, one, the history of Wanda and Vision special. Yep. This week. Wow. Yeah, they which published is, which is a collection of good past stories. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It was really interesting. Like it's just they're so smart at the release plans. <coughs> WB. Um. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Tom King and Gabriel Walter series. If you haven't read it, go ahead and read it. It's such a good run. Um. And it really, you know, it's 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 gets you like. It's good. I don't want to give anything away, but it's a very good run. Did, but yeah, but overall, did, this show... wasn't it a little bit different than the show though? That that run? Yes. Like yeah. I know there's parallels, but he didn't really like he just wears his face out there and yeah, his wife is a programmed robot and stuff like that. Like Well, yeah. Is it, it, he creates another him kind of. So yeah. it, I I I think and this is the limit of the speculation is it seems to me like they're drawing from the Vision More Than a Man series. They're drawing from House of M. Yep. And they're drawing from the one I can remember, but that one from not too long ago where all the supervillains ended up in the suburbs. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Which was contentious, but is an interesting idea. And with a couple of the leaks that have happened, it lends credence to that. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Because they leaked who one of the characters actually is. So. Yep. You're talking about standoff when they sent them all to the suburbs. But yeah, um, there's obvious, yeah, there's obvious like really good comparisons right there um, with um, fuck. I completely lost my uh, my train of thought. So comics. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. It's like I just, comics. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. Um, <laughs> One thing that did get me, though, was the runtime of the episodes. I felt like the 10-minute ten 10-minute ten credit was a little much at the end of both episodes. That was weird. We actually sat down and watched both of them. Like, we weren't, like, avidly watching, but we had we went through both of them, like, on our phones. 
to be like, is they going to marvel this where it's just going to be like scenes? But I'm guessing this is some weird union rule because what it is, it's all the different localization teams. Yep. Is what makes that so long. So. Yeah. So it was just. Really yeah. And then weird. they have the fake credits too, right? Like. <clears throat> they, no, the they, fancy credits. They have yeah, the, the show within credits. the show. Yeah. They have the Marvel <clears throat> credits. Yeah. Then they have the commercials, um, you know, in the middle that apparently. Oh, that. Take. That struck her commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 it's just a really well done show but there's the thing like people that don't like it are watching it and they're literally taking it for what it is in terms of this weird goofy like love um love note to sitcoms past you know and every few weeks we're going to be jumping a decade um with in terms of kind of that sitcom look and feel and you know that love letter to sitcoms so you know, if the 50s, 60s weren't your thing, just wait. We're going to get to the I can't wait for the 90s episode. I really cannot wait yeah. for it because you know there's going to be a shit ton of full house um, inside mm-hmm. jokes just because of, of yeah. uh, Wanda. Um, but, you know, I oh like my the show goodness. Is, is that her? Oh, no, it's her older siblings. It's, yeah, it's she's the younger sister. She's the younger Olsen. I saw the last name and I never ever. There are six Olsen siblings. Yeah. Oh out of the goodness. Yeah. Yep. She's out of the, I think she's the second youngest, yep. actually. I think there's a boy who's under her, I think, maybe. Oh, boy. Yep. Yeah. So I think that that episode's going to be full of inside jokes. And really, like, I feel like, yeah, so people are watching it. They're not liking it, but they're not realizing that there's just so much happening. Like, this show is not meant for you. And this is brilliant on Disney's part as well. It's not meant for you to watch it just once. So let's no. pad our yeah, true. streaming numbers and make those motherfucker viewers watch an episode four or five times before they can see all the Easter eggs. There is on. so much in those episodes, though. From, yeah. from helmets of certain villains to um, mentioning of the devil and, you know, other Easter eggs. Um, uh, yeah. There are characters from... Uh, thus far, we have characters from three other movies already that the leak revealed, like, oh, this is actually this character. And people are like, wait. So, yeah, that lends yeah. credence to it being part of Standoff or a take on Standoff. Yep, exactly. Um, but there's also some protagonists in that little town of theirs. Well, I mean... Yeah, I mean, we don't want to go too much into it, but I've I have an essay on this ready in my head. Oh boy! Like I think I am the only one here who is like, no, we could do an hour for each episode. <laughs> we could. Well, we could. I, I would be I would be game for it, but I I just don't know how much I could personally contribute. Because I don't think it'll be very good. Like <laughs> that's the issue. That's the issue. I think that oh, I can talk about this show for you know the yeah. You know, what were they? 25 minutes each, 50 minutes, an actual... 25, you know, 36. 40 minutes of TV. Um, we can probably get yep. an hour. But, you know, there's just a lot of speculation. It's like, oh, did you see this at yeah, so-and-so minute? You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just... It's 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 all screen rant wisecrack mm-hmm. right now. It's not what we do. Yep. Yep, it'll come together and we'll cover it then. Yep. And when there's something to put and everything, I already into. have guests lined up. Um, and yep. yeah, it's going to be a fun little chat. But yeah, so Tyler, overall, like, what did you think? Like, what did you. What I love it. 
Yeah. It's 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 definitely top ten things in the MCU for me already. Possibly top five. But yeah, it's also I, very like a Tyler show. <laughs> I was literally about to say this. As I'm watching, I was like, fucking Tyler's gonna love the shit out of this. <laughs> oh yeah. My 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 mom to her credit was like, I think you're that lit waiting for someone to talk to, so why don't you explain this to me? And then she just got walls of text as I just kept going. Amazing. <laughs> I was like, well it seems like it's based on these three comics. And if you look at this, this means this. And it's like That's so funny. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so funny. Oh yeah, funny. no. It's such a Tyler it's so dense. There's so much going on. It's such a Tyler show. The the fucking the thing from the second episode with the the reverse twist was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Ah, yeah, just <laughs> it's really well done. Like it's everyone. Paul Bettany it. is a goddamn treasure. And the mm, chemistry between well. those two, unbelievable. They do good. so well. Yeah, they are both killing it. If this and, doesn't um, launch. Um, Elizabeth Olsen into superstardom, I will be shocked. And if this show doesn't just win all the Emmys, I will be shocked. I d- they, yeah. There's still room for them to fuck it up. But oh, yeah, who tons. plays Catherine Hahn? Catherine Hahn also, national treasure. Yeah. Yep. She's in so much, you know? Um, yeah. 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 Just so good. Oh, wow. I just, nope. Oop. Oh, no. I stumbled across a whole bunch of spoilers for casting information. Don't, 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 don't. No spoilers. But yeah, any final words? Yeah, I actually found a file that's like, here's the full cast, and I'm like... Amazing. Anything else to say, guys, before we call out a show? No. You got it. It's going to be good. good. Do your thing. You got it. If you're looking to get in contact with us or find out more, you can go to our website at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Anywhere you find podcasts, you're going to find us, even on Amazon. So go out there, subscribe if you like what you hear, and uh, leave a rate and review. It's greatly appreciated, and thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. Yeah, much appreciated. Um, We will be launching a contest very soon, um, and the contest is going to be around leaving a review and things like that, because we are trying so hard this year, everyone, to take this show to the next level. We're going to be giving you guys a little, like... uh, couple hooks to help us out because at the end of the day the show is for you by us for you um and yeah we have a lot of fun doing it and before we go happy fucking early birthday phil i know it's tomorrow but i just wanted to wish you a happy birthday you fucking old man um i'll never forget your birthday what 11 years ago we were talking about after an insane weekend of the soccer show we decided to extended and uh talk business with tfc and maple leaf sports and entertainment brass um then yeah nice. that was fun that was a good time good yeah, time so, thank you happy birthday phil um happy yeah birthday. so 
We are the It's Canon Podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things, everything. We talk about all things comics, all things movies, all things video games, all things TV shows, all things books, all things Lego, all things everything. And do you know what the best part of it all is, guys? It's uh, apparently all in canon. Boom! That's right. He's Phil. He's Tyler. I'm Boris. Good night.